Hello, Matt. How are you this evening? Yeah, very well, thank you, Matt. Yourself? Yes, very well. I just finished watching the Champions League uh, semi-final with my boy, and uh, yeah, he was fairly pleased with the one-all draw. Yeah, got to be happy with that in Spain, haven't you? I only caught the second half, but um, by all accounts, Chelsea were quite good in the first half. Yes, they were. The first, I think you caught the wrong half. The first half was uh, far better than the second half. Um, uh, the um, uh, yeah, the game was a was a much quicker, more flowing game in the first half, and it wasn't the second that became a little bit dour and a bit of an arm wrestle in the second half. But um, yeah, um, Chelsea we were excellent. Mason Mount, he's he's some player, and uh, uh, and yeah, and Werner Werner he bottled, I think, bombed about at least two chances. Um, and uh, then Benzema scored an absolute perler um, to draw it up level. And then the game sort of, as I say, descended into a bit of a, a bit of a arm wrestle. But it was a good game. And I think Chelsea would come out of that feeling pretty happy. Yeah, sure. Sets it up nicely for a couple of weeks' time, doesn't it? Yeah, big game tomorrow. Who do you like, Man City and PSG? Oh, it's, it's a tricky one. I'll be honest, I'm very much looking forward to uh, tomorrow's game, but it's going to be yeah, me too. I, uh, I watch yeah. on record because I'm playing football myself. So um, I've got yeah. to ignore Twitter for the best part of yeah, my drive home and when I get in and then I'll watch it on, on delay. But it can't look past City, I don't think. But then again, I was very much in the buy-in camp before the last round. So uh, PSG with players like Mbappe, you never know, do you? No, you never know. Uh, gee, I'm being so impressed with that Phil Foden. He's some talent, isn't he? Uh, for a young kid, he's, he looks a special player, doesn't he? Oh, he he looks to me like something really quite quite exciting, uh, and he could be a bit of a revelation for England at the Euros. I think. Let's you hope know. so. I think if if we're going to do well, if we're going to need players like him to fire, but he makes the game look easy, doesn't he? It's like he plays like he's a twenty seven year old in his prime, sort of world class player, and he's what barely barely nineteen, something like that. Yeah, yeah. He plays like a kid, and uh, it was described the other day. He plays like he's in the schoolyard, you know. Like yeah. um, um, he, he's just uh, he's playing for fun, and he and he's leaving players behind him. Uh, there was a, a in that um, in that uh, Carabao Cup final against uh, Tottenham on the weekend. Um, he made a couple of those defenders look stupid, yeah. you know. Um, so anyway, but that's we're not a football show; we're a golf show. So um, yeah, thank you very much uh, for joining us again, Matt, and thanks to um, uh, Star Sports, our um, sponsors for Man in the Stand. Uh, and um, yeah, uh, an interesting format last week: the Zurich Classic in New Orleans. And uh, hooray, happy days! Uh, I got the winner, so I'm I'm thrilled about that. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm stuck for for a long time. I've been flogging that Cameron Smith horse for longer <laughs> than I cared to uh, admit. But um, yeah, it was good. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm they paid no odds at all. But uh, you know, I'm happy still to have got them. Uh, it was nice to get a win for the for the old bank balance and uh, and and yeah. I just I thought they would make a strong combination. And they did, and uh, and it was nice to see the other another team that we we spoke quite highly of in the in the week last week. Louis um, Ustazen and Charles Schwartz will also mm-hmm. make a very very good run at it. And gee, I mean, I thought they were gone for all money to be honest. Uh, when uh, Cameron Smith put it in the drink uh, on the part on that short par four, I thought, well, yeah. that's it, it's it's over, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch a great deal of it, but I did catch from about 13, 14 onwards in what looked like it was going to be a bit of a procession for a while. And then it, it made it quite interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean, for that to, 
for them, the Aussies to come out of that hole ahead was just remarkable after, um, obviously, they were in the drink, obviously, Leishman chipping in, and then uh, the tee shot that went all the way over the green and to take three to get down. Um, yeah, it was it was very un-Louis Oosthuizen-like what happened in the end, but I think yeah. that was the key hole, wasn't it? It was 16, that, that really cost them. Yeah, and actually, to be honest, um, I, I watched it all, obviously, because I was fairly heavily invested, and I was thinking to myself... Uh, the, the the momentum the sort of the the mental kind of momentum uh, was actually with the South Africans with Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. and Ustos and the early doors in that in that on that final day they they started better they they both were playing well to both teams but Ustos was just on fire the, he he was driving just so straight he was his ball striking was amazing Schwarzenegger who I thought was going to be the weakling in the team um, mm. was 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 excellent. Uh, and and it looked to me like I, I thought, mm, okay, I think uh, the Aussies are going to have their work cut out here. But uh, to be fair to Leishman and Smith, what the great thing about Cameron Smith is his demeanour never changes. He never gets down on himself. Um, he, he always stays pretty level. And and those those guys just kind of fought it and grounded out. It got it got tight, as I say. Uh, they. they 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 went ahead and then and then uh, it, it it all got very uh, very tight towards the end and as you say I think that it was very unfortunate for Ustazen who'd been driving it just out of his skin for the whole game uh, to or the whole tournament to 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 stick it in the drink on eighteen I don't know whether that was pressure or just a bad shot or what have you um, and you know and I thought when Cameron Smith did it on the sixteenth I thought oh that's once again, Cameron Smith does Cameron Smith things where he looks like he's going to win and then um, sort of snatches defeat from the jaws of victory. But uh, but Leishman, as I say, saved him a bit there and made a, made a remarkable chip. And, uh, and, and then once that happened and once they sort of got to a, a playoff, I just kind of thought, well, the Aussies are going to win this. I, I, I was pretty, for some reason, I got very calm then and thought, they're going to win, uh, and they just yeah they did, uh, and um, and well done to them, uh, Mark Leishman and, and Cameron Smith. Let me just run you through the uh, the listeners through the the rest of the of the top ten just while we're sort of going through that. Um, uh, let me just look at this. I've got it here. Just bear with me. Yeah, Mark Leishman, Cameron Smith on twenty under, beaten a uh, beat Louis Ustase and Charles Walsall in a playoff. Who they also finished on twenty under. Um, Richie Wawrinski and, and Peter line they did very well finished on 19 under it was actually a pretty stacked leaderboard by the end of the day um sam burns and, and billy horshaw had a disastrous third round but came back strong in the fourth round to finish tied fourth on 18 under uh with billy um, billy sorry with um uh, brendan snedeker and kevin mitchell uh and as well um brendan Steele and keegan bradley uh, John Rum and Ryan Palmer made a good defence of their Zurich Classic of New Orleans def- uh, title, uh, and they finished in a, uh, seventh on 17 under. And rounding out the top 10, Terrell Hatton and Daly Willett did well, 16 under, and the tie for eighth with Thomas Peters and Tom Lewis, the Englishman. And Scotty Scheffler and Bubba Watson played quite well and in a tie for eighth. So, uh, and then just outside the, the top 10 was uh, Patrick Cantley and Xander Schofley, who were quite a disappointing um, pairing, to be honest, I think. And uh, and Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson, Nick Watney, Charlie Hoffman, uh, and, and on and on and on. So, uh, yeah, uh, basically a, 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 yeah, a, a good tournament. Not the prettiest uh, golf course, I would say. I, I didn't actually find it a, a, a great viewing experience. I don't know how much of it you caught of it, Matt. 
Yeah, as I said, I didn't watch a great deal other than that, the, the closing stretch, just because I wasn't particularly financially invested in Enjoyed just not following the golf too closely, um, which is quite nice. But yeah, I didn't really watch enough to make much of the golf course. I think, yeah, there's a couple of quite nice holes. I quite, I'm a big fan of a long par three, as much as a lot of people hate them. I quite like a long par three, so I, I quite enjoyed 17. Um, I thought the format that they played different. Um, I watched kind of a couple of bits of highlights on sort of the morning after over the weekend. The format that they played each day made it very different the way that teams were attacking the course. Um, and I think for me that that event would uh, multiplied in terms of my enjoyment of it. And actually, I think just the, the the whole thing as a spectacle, if the whole thing was either alternate shot or modified alternate rather than the better ball. The better ball rounds, I thought I'd have done in the past but it really sort of switched me off and I'd choose not to watch those days just because it's just a constant barrage of birdies isn't it and it doesn't really have much nuance to it at all I agree with you actually I I, I never had much of a thought about that until I watched it and as you say the first and third days I even thought I even got a bit bored by it and thought okay this is just dull um, I didn't think birdies would be dull but they got dull after a while because it's just so it's almost too easy but, um, mm -hmm. in that format and as you say the second and fourth days were better because there's more there's more peril uh, and uh, and uh, it just yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they should stick stick with that format. Uh, uh, the second and fourth day, uh, either the whole the whole four days, uh, or, or find a slightly different format because, as you as you say, the the, the first and third days were, were quite dull. Okay, so this week we are at the Copperhead Course in Innisbrook Resort in Palm Harbour in Florida. So we're back to Florida for the Valspar Championship. Uh, this has been a, a long-running uh, uh, stop on the PGA Tour. Uh, it's 14 years ago it was uh, first came onto the Florida swing for the PGA Tour. Uh, it's a uh, the, the Copperhead course is known and, and sort of regarded as a, as, a, as a tight, very testing sort of track. It's not overly long. It's past 71, 7,340 yards, um, designed by Larry Packard. Uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, apart, apart from its um, tight uh, dog legs, um, a lot of dog legs on this course, um, water on seven of the 18 holes, and some fairly small, uh, tough greens to get to. So... Uh, with that being said, uh, I'm just going to take you through my um, picks. Just as, as, as I say, probably another thing, good thing to understand as well is this has a, as I think Matt, you'll probably um, point to, and I think in some of your um, picks, there, there's some some past double up sort of past winners here. So in the last few years, um, it's a bit of a um, uh, a bit of a who's who of kind of ball strikers and, and straight drivers. So Jordan Spieth in 2015, Charles Swartzel in 2016, Adam Hadwin in 2017, and Paul Casey in 2018 and 19. So he doubled up two years running. So he's back to defend his title again, and the event was cancelled in 2020. So... Then that being said, um, uh, Matt, um, is there any sort of thoughts um, before we go into the picks about uh, into this? Uh, what do you think of it, and uh, and what's your sort of history with it? Yeah, for sure. So I've had uh, a bit of success in the past. I actually backed Casey for one of his two wins here, um, and I, I 
quite like it because um, unlike a couple of the, the the other visits that we've had so far this year, um, it's a, it is a tougher track. And I think you only need to look at the list of past winners here in Spieth and Schwartz or Casey and Hadwin. Um, they're they're classy players, but more than that, I think they're they're, they're classy ball strikers. Um, and you need to be able to be in control of your ball here, um, particularly with those smaller greens. Um, so yeah, I really like the tournament actually. Um, it's. I like particularly the 16th hole, I believe is quite a hard par four and plays uh, close to four and a half strokes, um, which is very uncommon on the tour these days for a par four because they make mincemeat of them half the time. Um, there's plenty of par fives maybe that might play play um, a lower stroke average than 16 um, at Innisbrook. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tournament I've been a fan of and it's, it's also one that lends itself to the stats quite well um, because... Uh, there's quite a lot of consistency um, in the stats. Obviously, greens and regulation is going to be important um, to give yourself lots of chances. Um, and I'm actually going to do a bit of a an odd thing for me. I'm going to focus in quite reasonably on putting, which is normally not my thing. I'll normally look at ball striking, approach play, iron numbers, and hopefully have a good putting week. I'm going to flip that a little bit this week in the hopes that a hot putter can, can drive it to victory. Um, I was flicking through a couple of stats um, before the preview, um, and I think greens in reg is really interesting. So four of the last five winners have finished in the top five in greens in regulation. So I think that's really important. Um, and that extends to 13 out of the last 19 uh, were in the top 10 in greens in reg. So, yeah, I'm going to look at um, ball striking, greens in reg, a bit of putting, and then also, like you mentioned, some course form, because um, we've had a, a couple, multiple, multiple winners, if you will, um, where, uh, like Casey, defended his title and a couple of players have come back and won. So I like him for the course, um, and those are the stats I'm at this week. Okay, I'm I'm going to look uh, at I'm looking predominantly at, at driving uh, accuracy. I, I, I like a straight driver at this course. I think um, it, it is tight. It's fairly tree lined, and uh, you need to make sure your ball's in the right position to then go forward and, and try and, and take the birdie opportunity. So my my sort of looks this week are, are based around straight driving. So mm-hmm. uh, without further ado, I'm just going to run you off. I've got four. Um, selections this week that I'm betting on. Um, so I'm going to hopefully go um, back to back with my win from last week. I'd like to try and do that again. That's very hard to do. We know, but as I say, as I said in the past, we've, we, you and I have had some. So we've had five wins over the last sort of nine weeks or so. So mm-hmm. we we're, were at a good clip between the two of us in terms of um, picking winners. So let's hope that one of us can uh, can do the business again. So. My first selection is Corey Connors. Um, uh, uh, he's second in the season uh, this year on the PGA Tour and top 10 finishes. The only guy that's better than him is John Rahm this year. Um, what's interesting is he just, Corey Connors is having, he's in the form of his life, to be to be honest. He's all over the top 10 um, stats and leaderboards. He's inside the top 10 on shots gained tee to green. He's on inside the top 10 on driving accuracy and in greens and regulations. And he's just outside the top 10 in shots gained total. So this guy uh, is just absolutely nailing it at the moment. And uh, he was uh, he, he ran close at Harbour Town a couple of weeks before the team's tournament last week. Uh, and uh, I love his swing. I think he's got such a great um, setup for this sort of course. Uh, he likes, he drives it nice and straight. And uh, and and as and as you said, I think last week his his putting is getting better all the time too, which is great. Louis Ustase and I, and he's twenty to one with Star Sports at the moment. Although I think he's coming to eighteen to one since then because um, I think there's been a defection or two. So I think he's coming to eighteen to one. So it's you know it's not great odds. I don't I don't generally like to pick them that short, but um, as I said with Cameron Smith last week, sometimes you've just got to pick who you've got to pick. And uh, I'm going Corey Connors this week. Louis Ustase is my second pick. He's thirty three to one with Star Sports. 
I think he'll recover quickly from the heartbreak of last week and, and, and failing in the playoff to beat um, Cam Smith and Mike Leishman with Charles Swartzel. Uh He had one loose shot the whole um, the whole sort of eighteen holes on Sunday. He was absolutely nails on Sunday. He just pitched one. He just stuck one in the water on the eighteenth, which was a bit of a shame. But he's very straight driver. He's a great ball striker. Uh, he's in very good form at the moment. He's been up and uh, up in the leaderboards in a lot of tournaments, high in the leaderboards, and I think he'll carry that form on. Uh, and uh, and I think for, you know, that that sort of ball striking, um, straight driving game will be a major advantage to him around here. So he's my second selection. Gary Woodland, I like it eighty to one. The next guy, I like Gary Woodland. I've always liked him. I actually picked him when he won the U.S. Open um, in running. I didn't pick him at the start, but I, I, I managed to pick him up about fifty to one in running at the U.S. Open. And uh, and I just, yeah, I don't think this guy's a flash in the pan. I think he's a classy player. He's had a terrible run with injury and COVID and all sorts of stuff, but he's starting to build his game back. He's trending upwards. I like this guy's game. He's all about the driver. That's his strength, is his driving, and as he sends it a country mile, and he drives it straight. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a calculated gamble on this guy and and, and say that he's he's getting past his um his health concerns, and eighty to one I think is overpriced for him. So um, he's my fourth. I'm sorry, my third and my fourth is Doug Gim. He's currently a hundred to one with Star Sports Bet. I, I I think he's he's a young talent. Uh, you know, is he ready to win yet? I'm not sure, but he's he's certainly I think great each way value at 100 to one. He's uh, inside the top 40 on driving accuracy. Um, he's um, uh, uh, so, sorry, um, uh, but uh, so yes, in driving history and greens and regulation, he's inside the top 40 on tour for the year, which is pretty good. He's inside the top 40 as well in shots game total. So um, I, I think um, Doug Gim, he is, as you alluded to, I think the past he's a bit frail with the putter, but uh, he is a, a guy that can manoeuvre around a course where you have to plot your way around. You don't have to be super long, which Doug Gim isn't. So I think this could be a course where he can plot his way around and I think he's a good price at 100 to 1 um, to be there on Sunday. So those are my selections. Matt, the floor is yours. Thank you very much. Um, so I, I'm i going to start with a man who I told you on a podcast um, quite a while ago to back at Tough Courses. Um, and I'm going to follow my own advice because it worked out pretty well last time. Um, and that's Patrick Reed. Now, he is a bit of a shorter price than I'd like, given that his iron figures have been inconsistent this year. Um, but I just think in terms of win equity, he's probably equally likely to come 20th and 1st. But I think if he is in the top 10, he's likely to challenge. Um, so I'm going to back Patrick Reed. Um, the first thing that drew me to him was his course form. So he's had two seconds here in the past. Um, he should have won um, on one of Paul Casey's victories. Um, he just needed to get up and down from just off the green, I believe, um, on 18, I think it was, from, um, you know, about Patrick Reed's short game. He should absolutely get up mm. and down from a fairly simple spot. And he just duffed the chip a little bit and then missed his putt. So he's played well here in the past. He's also got a seventh um, and a 39th in his past Four visits, I think. Um, he did miss a cut, um, but I'm happy to forgive him that. Um, and I'm going to back Patrick Reed because although his greens and regulation stats aren't brilliant, if you then refine his approach play and his iron numbers, the more recent you get, actually, they're, they're getting better and better. So I think that tells me that he's actually trending something into form. Um, and he is number one putting average on the tour. So I don't want to watch my golfers on shot tracker get on the greens, then miss put after put. So I'm going to trust if Reed can give himself opportunities, he can haul enough um, to get him by and 
I really like watching Patrick Reed craft his way around a golf course, especially mm. at tougher venues. Um, yeah. We know he can shape the ball when he needs to. And if he gets in a tough spot, like you say, they're tree-lined, I'd have faith in him more than virtually anyone else to be able to get up and down from those spots. So, number one, Patrick Reed, 20-1. to one. My second pick is Sungjae Im. Now, if you'd have asked me this about three weeks ago, I wouldn't be going near Sungjae Im, but I was actually really impressed with his performance at Harbortown. He's been very off with his irons, um, but at Harbortown, I think he finished in the top 15, top 20 in both um, iron play and off the tee, um, which is going to be important here. And I like his repeatable action off the tee. I think he's really strong and he's always good at putting. I think even when he's not in form, Sungjae puts really well. Um, so he's played here once on debut. He came fourth which for me indicates a liking for the course. Um, and he's got a decent history in Florida too, um, not least. Um, he won the Honda, I believe it was, last year um, in Florida, which um, can be a wind-affected course, and it's not uncommon for the wind to play a role here. Um, so on Sungjae at 30s, which I thought was just about five points too big. Um, and then going to keep the faith with a man who I've put up a lot on this podcast, but he's not really let me down much. Um, I gave him my last chance a couple of starts ago um, and he got a place um, and I put him up the last time I was on here and he placed again. That's Chris Kirk. Um, and I just think if it's not broken, why fix it? They don't seem to be doing much damage to his price. Um, I backed him in the last few weeks at, at 70s, at 66s. He's now 50s, which I still think there's enough juice in his price given He's just got that ultra-consistent makeup. When I look at all my stats metrics, he's consistently top 30, top 40, not leading in anything in particular, but constantly there or thereabouts. Um, he's got a really good short game, um, and he is one who needs to haul a few more putts, truth be told. But he's managing to, to compete and to be there or thereabouts without hauling as many as you'd truly like him to be. Um, and I perhaps need to reflect that maybe it's a bit of my own confirmation bias. Because when I look at his stats, he's actually not a bad putter. He is gaining strokes putting. Um, he maybe just gives himself so many opportunities you'd expect him to to find the bottom of the hole with a couple more. But I think there's plenty of each way value in, in Chris Kirk at 50 to 1. And yeah. he's he's paid me back the last couple of starts, so happy to stay there. Um, and a couple of flyers to finish my card. Um, both three digits. The first of which um, is actually a Euro Tour player who hasn't played much on the PGA Tour, but I'm an enormous fan of this lad, and it's Sam Horsfield. Um, mm. Sam Horsfield, for those of you who don't know, um, I'm sure you will anyway, but he has um, an English flag when he plays golf, but he's actually a Florida boy. Um, he was brought up in Florida. He's based himself there since he was really small. Um, when you hear him speak, um, you'll hear his American accent. He's not truly a Brit, I don't think. Um, but that should mean that he's at home there. He'll have played a lot of golf on tracks like this growing up. Um, and when he has had the odd exemption on the PGA Tour in Florida, um, I think he's finished He finished top 20, top 25 at Bay Hill, um, which is no mean feat knowing how tough that course can play. Um, and I really like the boys' game. Um, if you look at, I was looking at Data Golf's website and their, their true strokes gained model. And, and although it's harder to, to get a, a really clear view because often he's competing on the European Tour, um, when you look at his strokes gains as opposed to the strength of field, he rates out really well. And he's 125 to 1. And... Do I think he's going to win on his one of his first starts on the PGA after playing on the Euro Tour? Probably not, but he's an excellent putter, and when he's on, he's on. So I'm happy to take a chance at that price. I don't mind him at all, and I think in a few years he will be playing on the PGA Tour regularly, and he'll be a name that we'll get to hear a lot more about. Yeah. Final pick um, is it's going to be a case of burnt fingers with this one probably because last time I backed him, he disappointed me horrendously. Um, but it's Lanto Griffin. 
Um, I think I backed him at Bay Hill and he was there or thereabouts. And then as soon as he uh, sniffed the front, he, he fell away out the back of the TV if he was a hoss, um, which is unfortunate. And it was his putting that fell apart. But in terms of stats, he ranks out really, really well. Um, he's 11th in strokes gained approach this year. Uh, sorry, in the last six months, he's 33rd in putting. Um, his greens and regulation figures are there or thereabouts. They're nothing to shout about, but I like those approach player um, and those those putting figures. He's not played the course before, admittedly, so it's his debut here. We don't know how he's going to take to it, but I just couldn't compute that he's got very, very similar figures to your Charlie Hoffmans of the world and your um, Neemans, and they're just half the price and less, sort of a, a third of the price a quarter. So I think at 100, there's plenty of value in it. Um, so I'm going to go for it. Um, so they're my selections. Everyone loves a hard luck story. So I'm going to tell you about the last of my list. Because when I did the figures, I was desperate to back him. I just, I, I always do my figures before I look at the odds. Um, and I saw the odds and balked and thought, I'm not backing him at that price. Um, and it's Russell Henley. Um, for those of you who hate a bad putter, you'll know all about Russell Henley. But I was looking at his stats yesterday um, and I looked at the last 12 months, last six months, last three months. And in the last, from six to three months, there's an incredible upturn in his putting stats. And now he's back to gaining strokes putting on top of these crazy iron figures being putting up over a sustained period. So for those of you who've watched golf for a long time, you'll know about what Russell Henley used to put like. He used to base his game upon it and it won him tournaments. Yeah. And so, I didn't back him just because he's 30 to 1. And when I can get Reed at 20, I'm not backing Henley at 30s. But it would sting if he won because he was the standout when I crunched the numbers. I just couldn't swallow the number. Yeah, I have one of those as well at the moment where I uh, I had to leave one off because, you know, you can't back everyone. And uh, the, the one guy I left out uh, is um, is Richie Rorensky. I think he's about 125 or 130 to 1, depending on where you're back. But I, I, I just... I kind of rate this guy Wierenski, and uh, he had a, he struck, finished very strong at the teams tournament uh, last week at um, uh, at New Orleans, and mm. I just had to I had to draw a line somewhere, and Richie Wierenski fell the wrong one side on the wrong side of that line, and uh, I, I that will hurt if I um, if he if he pops up, I'll keep an eye on him and running, and if he starts to go well, I might slide a, a lazy tenner on him because I just I, I I don't know I just have a feeling that Wierenski will be there or thereabouts, but I I can't back it as I say. I couldn't make everyone. So I'm. Uh, I forgot to say as well. Talking about course form, Patrick Reed has one here before, and one of my selections, Gary Gary Woodland, actually won his maiden PGA Tour event here ten years ago. So that was another reason why I liked him because he, he has actually won here before. Okay, well, look. Um, thanks, Matt. Thank you very much for your time once again. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, looking forward to the Champions League game tonight. Who do you like, uh, uh, Man City or PSG? Ah, oh, I'm honestly, I can't put my finger on it. I'm very much looking forward to watching it. I. I, I... I have a sneaky feeling for PSG if they turn it on. Um, I've just seen a, the team Pep's put out. He's got six midfielders. He's trying to uh, play the old false nine like he used to at Barcelona, as far as I can mm. tell. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, so, yes, yeah, PSG. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't know either. Uh, yeah, my, my son said, "Oh, I think PSG will win," and, uh, and I, I was I'm thinking I think they'll both score and draw and score or score and draw. But um, yeah, who knows? I mean, that's good. That's I think it's going to be a great match. But anyway, um, regarding the golf, uh, yep, starts tomorrow. I think starts about uh, feature group coverage starts around about uh, midday tomorrow. So um, as I say, thanks for listening, everyone. Good luck, um, golf fans, and uh, let's hope we can uh, talk on Tuesday with. Uh, Another winner in the bank. Let's hope so. Good luck for the week, man. Thanks, mate. You too. See ya.